Hey, good morning. It's Monday morning, and this is DC Signal to Noise. And neither the Cubs or the Nats are close to the top of their division, so let's go ahead and move on from baseball already this morning. Jim, Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. Beautiful day here in DC. Absolutely. The bulls in the grain markets are going to see, um, they're going to face several challenges this week, Jim. There's there's persistent chances for rain in the Midwest and in spring wheat country, buddy. Yeah. And we had a big acreage estimate from IHS market for corn, that is. But you're seeing other countries. You had that 1.7 million ton export to uh, China for new crop uh, uh, announced by USDA today and Mexico follow through for more sales. But as you said, we've got the rain coming through and uh, perhaps a significant increase in corn acres, uh, you know, from the uh, uh, intentions report. We'll have to see in June. Yeah, yeah. By the way, by the way, Lance Honig, the chief of the crops branch of the National Ag Statistics Service, is going to be on AgriTalk tomorrow talking about the survey work that they are going to be doing in June. Uh, it's not just that acreage report. We've got some cattle inventory data that's going to be collected. Uh, there's there's a lot of information that is collected in June, in the first part of June, that's going to be very important for ag and, and the markets going forward. So we'll have Lance on tomorrow to talk about some of the things that, that are happening there. That's good. To uh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we need to look back at a couple of the things that happened last week, Jim, and, and really hone in on what the signal is that we received from these happenings. And I, I still am not comfortable with with what I know or what I don't know about the dealings with Liz Cheney. I mean, she was removed as the chair of the Republican caucus, but what does it really mean for the Republican party? Well, it means they remain split and they've been divided ever since the, you know, Trump, you know, ran for presidentship. You have the more populist, you know, Republicans, the Trump supporters to the more traditional, uh, more conservative Republicans that Cheney espouses. And that's going to continue and actually increase. And uh, some people see the elements of a third party, whatever you want to call it. There is a significant split in the uh in the Republican party and that's not going to go away because uh you know, you know Trump keeps uh, involved uh, uh in the party uh on the other side chip uh, Cheney I think is going to run for president in 2024 so I I think she's using this as a platform as well but she fervently believes in what she's saying however that she thinks yeah. the Republicans have lost their way yeah Real quickly on the 2024 election, for the first time, I've heard some people and, and some comments, some comments about Trump's age when it comes to running in 2024. Yeah, uh, the evangelist uh, Graham mentioned that over the weekend, and of course he doesn't mention you know Biden's age, you know, yeah. on that, which I thought was interesting. But I wish I just had half the energy of uh, you know you, you know you know former President Trump. So I uh, that was an odd uh, uh, interview I saw, but they're mentioning his age. Uh, they don't want him to. Many people, I'm not saying you know Graham doesn't, but many people are going to throw up barriers, uh, you know, you, you, uh, to uh, you know Trump. Uh, uh, your running chip, but that won't stop him. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to signs of age, can someone please get a message to President Biden to stop doing that little trot? 
for like two or three steps before he gets to the podium. It makes you think that's all he can do. Okay. <laughs> he falls going up steps as we saw in the play. And I mean, I did that in high school, but I wasn't uh, a normal, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have an idea. I should have said know. college. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, masks. You know, I feel like AgriTalk in some ways has turned into the rural health channel over the past couple of weeks. We had Surgeon General Murthy on the show a couple of weeks ago last week. Uh, Dr. Marcella Nunez-Smith, who is a senior White House advisor to the COVID team there at, at, at the White House. She was on last week on Friday talking about uh, um, the 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 changes to the mask requirements or mandates, I hate calling it a mandate, but the requirements, the suggestions, whatever you want to call it, the protocol. Um, when, you know, masks for some reason became political during this, this whole thing, Jim. And, and I don't think that, that they're any less political today than they were last week. Now, it, it continues, but you saw now President Biden at one o'clock Eastern time today at the White House is going to update on COVID. And I know he's going to talk about mask policy, Chip, because they have befuddled this thing, CDC and, and the White House in the background. The White House said they did not know that the CDC was going to announce you know, what they did last week. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to hear from Biden on this. But And you have Trump involved in, in I don't know where he's doing it, but in a, a so-called tweet, uh, that uh, he said he was right all along on mask and, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci was wrong. So, you know, the the politics on this continues. Absolutely. And I think it's going to continue. You know, the questions that are still out there around the mask, you know, okay, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear the mask, but how do we know who is fully vaccinated and who isn't? If you are fully vaccinated, should any of this even matter to you? And maybe most importantly, Jim, if you are fully vaccinated and you're still wearing a mask, why? Yeah. I, that one I don't get at all. Well, and you're seeing the retail establishments. Walmart is soon you don't have to wear a mask. Their workers don't. Uh, right. And soon the customers won't. I think they're going the right way here. I hope the supermarkets, you know, start doing that, especially if you have both vaccines and the time frame within them. Uh, your, your risk is, is quite low. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's time uh, on this one. But you know the politics of this one, uh, Chip? I think what moved the CDC and the White House in the background on this is the schools. Now they're polling and they're seeing uh, uh, parents are more than mm. upset about these schools not being totally open, not just two days a week, because that doesn't help the child care problem at all. So I think that's what really drove that mass debate inside the White House. That's the signal I'm getting. That's the signal that we're looking for, Jim. That's it right there, because it, that makes all the sense in the yes. world to me. I hadn't honestly given that a whole lot of thought, but it makes all the sense in the world to me because we are seeing some major pushback in these viral videos from school board meetings that are taking place all over the country with parents that are flat out mad yes. about how their, their, 
their child, their their student has has been treated through all of this. I attended a graduation ceremony yesterday and some of the faculty that got up and spoke about how difficult it was for this class of 2021, high school class of 2021 to go through what they've been through in the last two years and to still meet all the requirements that it that it takes to graduate. These uh, there were some very experienced administrators on stage talking about it, high school administrators, but still very experienced. And to see them show the emotion that they showed Jim, yeah, was was really something to me. Um, well, you're it, building it, the social fiber of your personalities yeah. in schools, and yeah. you didn't have that. And that's why it should not be surprising that we've yeah. seen emotional problems that uh, dramatically increase. So uh, it, it's it's ongoing. That's good, Jim. That, that That's the signal right there. Linking back to the schools and the push to get schools opened and back to normal for this fall, I think, uh, may have a lot to do with what's going on with this mass stuff. Good, and good, final good, on good. this one, Chip, the yeah. vaccines for the younger children now are in place. So we've got the linkages ready to go for full opening in the fall for our school system, okay. finally. All right. Uh, ransomware hackers, Jim, were paid off. We're paid off. We're getting the colonial pipeline supplies back to the East Coast, but I, I don't know what kind of a signal we're sending to the hackers if we're going to pay them off. Well, it's the same signal that this country gave illegal immigrants from now 160 countries, Chip, to come to the Mexican border and come on in. It's just not Mexico and Central American companies anymore. But on the pipeline, there was a report over the weekend, a report on Colonial Pipeline several years ago that said an eighth grader could attack that system. So uh, that shows you the inability of some in the private industry to get their act together. This is not a one-off event. Uh, so, and then all of a sudden now we have Friday, a bipartisan pipeline security bill in Congress. You think that, you know, it, you know, finally is happening on the time that pipelines are some of the, the newer pipelines. Okay. The, the one that they shut down XL pipeline, Yes. was the most one of the most secure, secure. all the new technology yeah. okay and they shut that down and yet they let the other ones and I'm not saying to stop them go it's just just illogical so how how did we pick colonial as a winner over keystone because keystone is how is it not as important as colonial Regional, maybe, uh, because the oil, the pipeline, you know, you, you know Colonial supplies 45% of the uh, East East Coast you know, states. I'm not saying that's exact why, but I'll tell you. But, but it's you made, know, the, that, that the refined fuels made from the crude oil that flows through the Keystone. Yeah, I know. The sensitive issue of driving this week, Saturday, I drove 
uh, to two stations that were totally out here in Virginia. And then I saw a target station that had only regular gas. Of course, I use regular gas. And But the feeling you get when you're trying to find gas, that, that yeah. it's just, it, it gets you more than upset and worried about the direction of the country. Right, right. Um, and then on top of it all, Jim, the shortage of truck drivers in this country and train truck drivers to haul fuel is pretty alarming as well. It is. So this is going to have some uh, additional days that lingering because it takes what the, uh, I read that the oil goes five miles an hour, you know, yeah. through the pipeline. Yeah, so it's going to take several, it's going to take five to seven days, but then you have to have the truckers. So yeah, we're, we're seeing the dislocations in this, in this country and you're seeing it around the linkages like last week, Chip, we had inflation was the big story. It was yeah. the cover story in Barron's, you know, it's going to be worse than you think it's here now. And uh, this is, this is impacting the signals that the federal reserve is clearly getting. Yeah. And the white house is, this is for real. And it could be, it could not be transitory. Like you're saying, we saw right. that last week. We're seeing more evidence this week. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, inflation and the Fed meetings that are coming up this week here in, in just a little bit. Um, I, this last one is a look back, but it is also going to lead us right into one of the major happenings for this week. And that is the fact that the Mississippi River has reopened to barge traffic, but the I-40 bridge remains closed. First, um, the signal from this event, Jim, as as I see it, the the inspector that discovered this broken beam called nine one one. That's how serious this was. Didn't just pick up the phone and call his superior and say, "Listen, I think we've got a problem on the I forty bridge." Called nine one one to stop traffic. It feels like that's how close we were to a disaster on on this bridge. The signal that I'm taking for, from this is that. And maybe this is, I mean, th this is pretty obvious, but it is time to quit talking and time to do something in a bipartisan fashion. Yeah, th this wasn't just a fracture. Uh, you've seen the pictures. It was a yeah. crack. Okay. Yeah, it was a crack. crack. And if there's one, there's usually two. So we haven't even gone that, that approach yet. So, yeah, it's going to be months before you see commercial traffic or any traffic cross that mm. bridge. And rightfully, so this should be impetus going into the infrastructure debate. Now, right. last week we had several meetings at the White House with President Biden and his top officials with both Democrats and Republicans. So at least they're talking. That's a good signal. Uh, the Republicans, as soon as today, could unveil their counter offer chip. So they're changing. So the White House can't say the Republicans are not, uh, you know, uh, uh, altering their uh, in, in initial offer. But the issue, uh, the signals I'm getting is the biggest issue is the revenue or the pay for's for some of this. The Republicans are insistent uh, 
that uh, you, they do not increase taxes in order to pay for infrastructure. They uh, you know, favor uh, increasing user fees. They don't call them taxes, user fees. But the White House press secretary, you know, Pasaki, Jan Pasaki, said Friday, no, that would be the red line in the sand because that would affect people uh, you know, you in the middle class, and tr and and Biden says that he does not want to increase their taxes. So there you are again, a stalemate. Yeah, this how to pay for it, and the price tag that is connected to it, Jim, is going to tell us a lot about how the how the this Congress is going to be willing to spend for the rest of its time, because if it goes with the big package. It's what four trillion dollars plus. Yes, uh, new spending uh, on top of the one point nine, uh, you know, trillion yeah. dollars we've already spent. So six trillion dollars, six you know, billion dollars. Tr trillion <laughs> starts that trillion trillion. It just adds up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's since Biden's been in office, both spent and proposed spent six trillion dollars. That's a chunk of change. Yeah, but here's it, your key: the re okay. the Democrats know now, and this is a clear signal I'm getting. Uh, and hear me clearly: you're not going to see the tax increases that affect rural agriculture that the Democrats are proposing. Very low odds, Jim, because the number of Democrats had told the White House this stepped up basis, even if it's at death, it ain't going to fly. So they have to go back to the drawing board. That's what I'm hearing from both Republicans and Democrats in Congress. Well, there was enough opposition to the plan from within the Democratic Party in the House uh, alone that it, you really had to question if they were going to get serious about pushing it forward because it seemed like there was just such low odds of, of passage. So that's great to hear. Yeah, Great to hear, Jim. Yeah, we'll have to, have to see it play out, but that's the so, that's the you know signal I'm getting loud and clear. The votes. So how is it all going to be paid for? They'll mask it, or it won't be done. You know, see Biden. Uh, his issue was you go back to the last time, the previous time Biden wanted to run for president. Very similar approach. He wanted to go big go fast. And that's what he's doing this time. Yeah. But now some other events have gotten in the way, several crises, you know, the border crisis, the yeah. soon to be evidence, inflation rising. Uh, Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary under President Obama, is saying he's more nervous now than the warning he gave a few months ago. Then you have the Mideast conflict, uh, you know, that is further escalating and uh, a, a whole series of things between U.S., China, China and Australia, et cetera. The, the, this is not the time to go too big, too fast. Uh, you you just can't. He, he just he, he made a valiant try, but I, I don't don't think the votes are there any longer, Chip. Okay. All right. Uh, staying on the infrastructure for, for a bit longer here, Jim, because Friday on the free-for-all with you, uh, me, Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, and Tim Barak, farmer from Northeast Iowa, Tim gets on there and started complaining immediately that his internet had been down for the last couple of hours. Yes. Um, and we got into a what I felt was a really good conversation about whether or not bro broadband for rural areas should be included in this infrastructure package, or if it should be one of those things that is carved out 
and 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 addressed on and on an individual basis. Where, you, what's your thoughts? The signal I'm getting it will be part of the overall infrastructure bill. There's a, a pretty good New York Times story today about oh. the rural sector wanting one major thing in the infrastructure bill: broadband, broadband. fast fast broadband. And that's going to get more than a few rural state member votes, Chip, both at the Senate level and the House level. So yes, and I think you will have an infrastructure bill. Maybe they'll mask it, the, you know, the, uh, you know, pay for by throwing up the proposed uh, uh, $80 billion increase for the Internal Revenue Service to find 700 billion dollars in tax cheats you know that's that's a pure uh historical approach how congress likes to mask things so i think the elements are there for an eventual uh infrastructure package including that brought big big funding for broadband because that's desperately needed in the rural countryside as you know jip not just broadband but fast broadband because that'll help narrow the rural urban divide that be yeah. able to keep those young uh, you know adults in farm country uh the yeah. the, the health care system it dramatically there it, you go. just makes so much sense there you and go education education yep. rural keeping keeping the people in the rural states because they love it but if, if they don't have the mechanisms they'll leave right right now here's the deal the um I'm out here in the middle of the timber, and when they ran broadband fiber to my house in the fall of 2019, it absolutely changed my life. The other thing is it's not just the young uh, rural residents in, in rural America. It is the – I mean, I we as we were having the conversation on Friday, I got a note from Randy Ermacher out in Nebraska, south-central Nebraska – talking about all the information that they're trying to download from, you know, that they collect during the day when they're in the field and then trying to download it into the system or download yeah. upgrades to, to their system. It just takes so long that it's, it's got to, it's, it's got to happen. It's, it's. Absolutely this is terrible. why I told Tim that it, for his area, get a pilot project going to test different systems. You know, I have great faith in the entrepreneurship of our great country. There's a way that can that can elevate the speed in rural countryside. You get an Eli, Elon Musk and others like him to focus on that, you'll have a solution. And the money's going to be there that we've seen right. about every other day, money pouring through since the Obama administration. Uh, again, I always say, I want an accounting of that money too, because I think certain right. states have have diffused that that a lot of that funding elsewhere so it better go for the intended purpose right okay looking at some of the comments that are coming in here jim real quick gary is back gary rasmussen good to see you back gary um if you are asked if you are vaccinated does that violate hipaa i, I don't know mm, i don't know Might that be- might be above our pay grade trying to yeah. figure that one out. Speaking of above your pay grade, how can President Biden get away with with answering a question with saying, boy, I don't know, that's above my pay grade? Does he not know what his job is? 
The buck stops with him, baby. The buck stops with him. And it's him. above his pay grade? Yeah. Uh, but people, when you look at his polls, though, Chip, the the majority of Americans still like the president. And, oh, and yeah. I'm glad for that. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he's into that 55 to 60 percent approval rating. Now yeah, we yeah. need to see some details of the, some of these things. And that's where yeah. you usually get the pressure. But the signal, and this is frustrating to the Republicans, they know it's well, much like trying to, to attack Reagan and trying to attack Obama. Their popularities were, were fairly significant. Yes. Yeah. You know, it almost feels like the honeymoon is lasting more than 100 days with this administration, Jim. Yes, it, it well, it, it is. It does. Well, yeah. when you throw out as much money on funding, yeah. Uh, yeah. it doesn't make you a negative. And look, there the, the child care payments are going to yeah. start pretty soon. They were out with that uh, over the weekend, you know. Uh, yeah. So, no, you throw money at it, and they are. So that that's what we're seeing. But as far as the vaccine, I'm so, that's a personal choice. I totally agree with that. Yeah. But uh, the, the science clearly indicates that get those vaccine shots. Okay. Will Rodriguez has got a question for us, too. I don't know if I've seen a question from Will in the past, so it's good to see Will. Um, how much in taxes is collected annually? I bet it's a sky high number. You know that number, Jim? I don't offhand. No, I don't know the total number, but it is high. It is yeah. high. And and see, this is why certain states. Now, the courts ruled uh, late last week that remember the Biden administration wanted to negate any state governor from using the funds that they got for COVID aid to reduce taxes. Well, the courts initially ruled here that that's unconstitutional. So uh, th that's a message loud and clear that uh, states, uh, you don't usurp the federal. Federal does not get involved in state tax issues. Right. Okay. Right. So, but yeah, we've got more than enough revenue coming in from income to fund our government in a sensible way. But we're spending money like, uh, yeah. a drunken sailor times what three, you know, so are oh, more. The, the whole submarine might just have unloaded Jim. Yeah. As okay. I say in my speeches, when I first came to town, yeah. I wrote in millions, After six months at sea. Th then I wrote in billions and now it's trillions. Uh, yeah. And the market is starting to signal here. They're getting nervous about all this spending at this particular time. Yep. Hey, Elon Musk taught those uh, dark side hackers a lesson, didn't he? Yes. Came he out, put a couple of tweets out about Bitcoin that they got paid in, and it just crashed. Uh, but it was forty-two thousand the last time I checked. Yeah. You know. So. <laughs> but then the who's the guy? The owner of the Mavericks, uh, you know, basketball team uh, in Texas. I can't think of his name. Oh, gee. Uh, Cuban, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, he and his son, probably through his son, invested in dog coin, and he, that's been a significant gain for him. So we have him getting involved in the thing. But I'll tell you, Chip, the millennials I've talked with over the last year or so, that's what got me interested in cryptocurrency. I won't just say yeah. Bitcoin, because they're saying 
they like that area because they don't like the stock market. They think that's uh, not as fair or it's an inside playing game, elitist, things like that. And yeah. once I saw that, I could see the trajectory, you know, for the uh, uh, cryptocurrencies. Okay. Uh, boy, IHS market put out some big um, economic growth numbers or or anticipated economic growth numbers. As you've been hinting at several times today, Jim, this inflationary pressure, the Fed is it, it's is going to have to consider it this week. Uh, you would hope so. I want to see what, what you know what they discuss at the FOMC minutes. Uh, so that's their inside thinking, Chip. But I think IHS market was ten percent. I think they went up yep. to ten percent for the second quarter. I'm I'm getting more worried, however, Chip, from the economist I talk with for the third and fourth quarter for some of the reasons that we've discussed: inflation, inability to find workers. Now, here's the yep. signal I'm getting on that. We've got 13 more Republican-leading states that have taken action to stop the $300 additional unemployment benefits. In a few months from now, we're going to have a test case because now we're going to have data to compare, Chip, to see whether or not those states who stopped that $300 uh, got lower unemployment and were able to find workers. So I think now we're going to have a real life test case and I can't wait for the, it. Well, the problem with that is in states like Montana and Iowa, not so much South Carolina, but Montana and Iowa, the unemployment rate was already so low. 3.8% of Montana. Come again? 3.8% and going yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, and and a similar number in Iowa. I don't know exactly what it was, but uh, so it's going to be hard to move that needle a lot. We need to watch some of the more populous states like South Carolina for that signal that you're talking about, Jim. But 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 I do agree with you. Um, admit, uh, Ambassador Ty has uh, some important meetings this week. Yes, she's in with the U.S.-Mexico, Canada trade agreement officials. She was at two hearings last week, both in the House and Senate, and gave a, a more general comments. Uh, you know, they're reviewing the Trump trade policy, and so that means they're not going to get too aggressive in the short term. Uh, she was asked about the ag uh, um ag official at U.S. Trade Rep, you know, Greg Dowd's replacement, if you yeah. will. Uh, and she said it was coming soon. Well, within half an hour, you saw the ag sector put out a letter urging the appointment of, of that position. But she mentioned dairy issues with Canada will be discussed at, at, the, at the Monday and Tuesday meetings this week. And she mentioned labor and environmental issues with Mexico. Those are all well known, but at least they're discussing. And I'm not okay. too concerned that there's not an ag official yet at USDR because, you know, Catherine Tai was uh, very much involved in the writing of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. Right. So she's she knows what she's doing. Right, right. I would agree with that completely. Okay, uh, we're basically out of time, Jim, but I've got to ask this question. With everything that is happening um, in in on the Gaza Strip uh, between Palestine and Israel, uh, things that are happening with Iran, Chinese issues, there are many out there that are quick to say that the world continues to test the Biden administration. 
Is that what's happening? That's ab- exactly what is happening. You're seeing it from the China, big, very aggressive in their verbiage, you know, around the world, not just with us, Australia, etc. cetera. Uh, you're seeing the, the Mideast uh, flare-ups, and Israel will not stop until they uh, really diffuse the, the, uh, the opportunity for their opponents to fire at them. And yeah. you talk about a system that's stopping 90% of the missiles coming in, you know, to their country. That's a pretty relatively secure, uh, you know, you know, system uh, on the defense side. Okay, that's when Israel stops. When does Palestine stop? Uh, if they don't, then you'll con- you you won't have uh, Israel pull back. They just will not. Well, it, Palestine stops when there is no Israel, right? Uh, according to some, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, well, you're not going to see an end. That's, that's called yeah. Mideast, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's called the Mideast. Yeah, we live in a dangerous world and you're seeing it uh, in the cyber warfare, things like that. So yeah, we've, we've got to stay united in this country. That's what's so disconcerting that we're so at loggerheads between the political parties that we're not keeping our eye on the ball for some of these uh, uh, other issues that could really be dangerous. Gotcha. Gotcha. Omar is out there listening today too. Hi, Omar. Thank you so much. We do need to stay tough on China and I'll wrap it up with this and say, thank you, Omar, for this one. Nice conversation today, fellas. Appreciate that big time. Guys, be safe this week. We will be back next Monday morning with DC Signal to Noise.